it in the end zone, getting rid of it. Off the hit and picking up a man in stride. It's Smith Schuster. Smith Schuster inside the 30. Stiff arm and he's gonna go. 97 yards for the touchdown. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. Welcome once again to the most must-hear podcast, Big Mouth, Small Words, Sports Talk. Did you like the intro? (laughs) I thought I did a pretty good job. I'm getting into that now. I'm getting into some editing skills. And um, yeah, so we're going to obviously be going over the AFC North. We're also going to be doing the NFC North. I don't have a cool intro for that, though. (laughs) So, But we have a cool intro for this one. And that's what matters because this division matters. And the last thing that you heard in that where it says the Cincinnati Bengals have stunned these people, that's what's going to happen this year too. So, well, it's going to be one or the other. Either you guys are going to be stunned because we're so good or I'm going to be stunned because I was so wrong. <laughs> it's one of these, what are the others going to happen? It usually goes the other way. But uh, AFC North, let's get down to the brass tacks and the business here. So, I'm going to start off with the Cleveland Browns. This is a good way to start off because this is a team that I feel. So as you know, I do the free agency pass or fail victory or defeat. And, um, you know, the, you know how it goes. So the Cleveland Browns, they've done some good things. I have to say, I know that a lot of people looked at them last year. They saw the hype and they jumped on that train. I didn't. My buddy Ian didn't. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people did, though. And um, they failed miserably. I like what they did this offseason, though. I think they made some strides here. Um, The biggest move they made, to me, was signing right tackle Jack Conklin from the Titans. Three years, $42 The Browns needed badly to upgrade a tackle. Chris Hubbard wasn't going to cut it. And they lost free agent Greg Robinson to 157 pounds of marijuana. (laughs) So... You know, Conklin really shares up that right side, and they still have to focus on a left tackle for sure. I believe they're probably going to do that in the draft, but securing that right side is a big help for them. So that was good. Another thing is they sign tight end Austin Hooper, four years, $44 million. He's good. Is he good enough to be the highest paid tight end in the league? I don't think so, but it remains to be seen. And here's the thing. The Browns' offense runs much better with a healthy tight end. I think we can all agree on that. With David Njoku, when he was healthy, dude, Baker shined. That's what made him look so good. He's kind of his outlet. It's kind of like when Tom Brady has James White or, or a slot guy like Edelman. He always goes to that person. He he looked at Njoku like that, but Njoku was always hurt. So Baker gets a reliable weapon. Hooper can block as well. Hooper does the dirty work. I like him. He's a great player. He's just not like George Kittle. Or, you know, he's not even a Jared Cook, to be honest with you. So, anyway, 
For the money, that's the only problem. But other than the money, it makes them better. So there's that. They bring back Kareem Hunt. They got Case Keenum. Signed him for three years. He's just a backup. That's fine. Everything else they did was status quo. Nothing crazy. They took Andrew Billings from us. One year, $3.5 million, Us being the Bengals, sorry. And, um, yeah, I mean... I pretty much told you what you need to know from what they did in the off season. So they did that overall. I think that the Browns did a good job and I think the Browns are going to be better. I think the Browns were a year late and they're going to be better than people think. So right now for right now, they're going to get a victory. (laughs) Cleveland Browns are getting a victory. I like what they did. There's other moves they made, but they're really not as big of a deal. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, the top dog of the division and not much else is going to change. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so the biggest thing I think that they did, well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a culmination of things actually that they did. It all has to do basically with the defensive line. The Ravens traded for Jaguars defensive end Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. It's a solid move because the Ravens franchise tagged Matthew Judon, but he can't do it all by himself. So Campbell, I'm sure they're hoping basically that he's going to do his best Terrell Suggs impression come playoff time. And he might do that. He's a veteran, but he's still got something left of the tank. He's still pretty damn good. Adding to that, they lost Michael Brockers who was great for them, but he was more, I would say better as a solid run defender. They needed a replacement that could help more as a pass rusher. So they signed Derek Wolf. It's another solid move. One year, $3 million, he could get six with incentives. It's a prove-it deal, and he can still play at seven sacks last year. He got a little hurt, but that's fine, too. He gets a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and he can play defensive end or tackle. So he can kind of do it all, and he's a great fit. And I think the Ravens did this right because they were already the best team in the division, and yet... Even with the limited cap space, they still found a way to get better. Their secondary is second to none. They're really gonna they're gonna crush it this year. As much as I'd like to tell you that the Bengals are gonna like miraculously win this division, it's not gonna happen. It's the Ravens division now and for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. So the Ravens are going to get a big fat victory. Victory. I hate that. It makes me sad inside. But it's the truth. Now we can get on to the Bengals. (laughs) Get on to the Bengals, baby. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the Bengals. So here's the thing. I expected another subpar offseason. I'm not going to lie to you. Lots of promises of a new day. And then we would re-sign Tyler Eifert and I would die slowly inside. (laughs) But with Joe Burrow on the mind, the Bengals went out this offseason and they blew my freaking mind. They spent $126 million in counting. That's more than the last four years combined. The moment I knew I had to start really paying attention was when they got DJ Reader for four years, $53 million. This is a massive move. How massive? Try six foot three, 327 pounds massive. It is no secret that the Bengals needed help stopping the run. Now they can plug in a guy that pro football focus rated as the eighth most valuable interior defensive lineman of 2019. Who's next to that guy, though? Oh, how about Geno Atkins, who yesterday made the all-decade team for defensive tackles? 
Carlos Dunlap off the edge. Sam Hubbard's on the other side. It's the perfect mix of young talent with veteran leadership, and I loved the move, but they also, as we all know, needed help in the secondary too. The defense was very bad last year, and I think you could know that from a two-win performance. So they get cornerback Trey Waynes, signed him for three years, 42 millions. I know a lot of people crap it on that move. I know that he's gotten burned in the past, but what he's good at is being physical and playing man-to-man, and we don't like to play zone, so I like the move. Did we overpay for him a little bit? Yes, but we needed a replacement for Drake Patrick, who lost several steps, and by that, I mean he was legit, always seven steps behind everyone he covered. So, they got Waynes. It's fine. I'm into it. A better move than that, though, is... They get cornerback Mackenzie Alexander. That's a steal, dude. $4 million one year, and I'm sure they're going to re-him up. Pro Football Focus rated him out of 41 slot corners as the fourth highest forced incompletion rate. That's huge. And the man can tackle. They've also got Jesse Bates as safety, who they had already. But he had a phenomenal rookie year, and he's been progressing. But now he needs someone next to him that can show him the ropes, teach him what's going on. Plug in Von Bell, former Saints safety. Three years, 18 mil, 11.5 guaranteed. Pro Football Focus has his run defensive grade as an 89.6 last year. He doesn't miss tackles. He can blitz. Dude, more use of this veteran leadership with the young talent. I love it. Never mind, you've got William Jackson III on the other side corner. I mean, people, I'm telling you, are going to be surprised at the product that is on the field in Cincy this year, I'm telling you. And that's just me talking about the defense. Because now we got to move on to the offense. Here's the thing. Andy Dalton is the reason that I drink and that I no longer have hair. (laughs) I think we can all agree that he is a terrible quarterback. Replace him with Joe Burrow, who put on one of the best, if not the best, college football performances we have seen in years. The Bengals franchise-tagged A.J. Green, and after sitting out an entire year, he will be back healthy, which means the offense is back. A.J. Green was the only reason Dalton was ever relevant in his horrible life. The Bengals with Dalton at quarterback, their record with A.J. Green is 63-43-1. Without him, five wins, 17 losses. The stats do not lie. You bring back Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, who's getting 1,000 yards every year, Auden Tate, who popped last year, he looked really good, and John Ross, who will now not be underthrown on every single play. This offense is set to explode. We lost Eifert, but we drafted Drew Sample the other year in preparation. We still have CJ Uzama who can catch, he can block. Listen, the Bengals are also going to get back first round pick Jonah Williams. He didn't play last year, but he's back. So the sky is the limit. The Bengals from now to the next three years, are going to be a problem. You don't have to take it from me, but you better, because I'm telling you. The Bengals lost eight games last year by one score or less. You make the defense 10 times better. You replace the worst quarterback in the league with a guy who could potentially be one of the best. And even if he's not one of the best, let's say he's mediocre. Let's say he's average. Let's say he's just Ryan Tannehill. 
going to win a lot of games, I'll tell you right now. So you already know where I'm going with this, okay? You already know. It's a victory. Victory. Mm. Oh, get up off of that thing. Oh. Bengals, big time. Big time. Which brings me to a team that is a bag of trash. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me start this by saying that Ben Roethlisberger is a cheeseburger and a double IPA away from calling it a career. The Steelers are acting like they don't have to address this. I'm not sure why they haven't picked up a guy like Jameis Winston, but they better not go into this season expecting greatness from Big Ben because if they do, they will do what they did last year, which is fail. The Steelers approach this year's free agency very, very casual. I don't get it. A lot of low-risk moves. Don't understand that. They got defensive tackle Kayvon Walker from the XFL. Ooh. They got guard Steven Wisniewski from the Chiefs. He's played a couple Super Bowls. Not great. He's okay. He's pretty good, I guess. The biggest move they made was adding Eric Ebron. Two years, 12 mil. Not going to lie to you. He's a great red zone target. They desperately needed that. So I will say, I'll give him credit with the Ebron move. I like that. He's pretty damn good. But I know people are picking them to be AFC contenders because the defense is pretty good in the front seven. But my God, Big Ben is going to get hurt. And so won't the Steelers fans because they're not making the playoffs this year. So many people are saying they're going to make the playoffs this year. Bottom line. They didn't do enough in free agency. It's going to bite them in the ass. You don't, oh God, these people that are just all over the Steelers thinking that they're going to be somebody. Let me explain to you something. Zim Hude said it the best when he said, Steelers, you're going to find out. It's going to change so effing fast And it is. And the only sound that Steelers fans need to hear from now and into the next 10 years is this one. Because that's it. Free agency fail. Overall fail. Now we're going to go into the NFC North. I don't have a cool intro, and I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry for that. But you know what? I'll give you you a little. I'll give you a little bit of this. Welcome to the NFC North Review. Yeah, we tried. (laughs) We did the NFC North preview here. So we'll start with the Detroit Lions. There was a lot of things that happened with them. A lot of signings, a lot of loss. So... Let me just give you a little tiny bit. I'm not going to go in, 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 in depth on this because I went too in depth on the Bengals. <laughs> but they signed Desmond Trufant. It was a good move on Detroit's part, but they got rid of Darius Slay. So I wouldn't even say that those moves canceled out, to be honest with you, because I know Slay had a down year, but he's been one of the NFL's best cornerbacks since 2014. And instead of paying him, they go out and they pay a tackle $50 million for five years. I just don't, I wouldn't have done it. I don't know. I mean, I guess what happened was Matt Patricia and Darius Slay had a problem 
and they went back and forth, and I guess Slay wanted out, which is unfortunate because if they had those two guys together, that could mean something. But they did acquire Deron Harmon from Pats, who's great in coverage throughout. He's been pretty good his whole career with that. And they signed another Patriot guy, Jamie Collins. He's a high-risk, high-reward guy. He was good for the Patriots and bad for the Browns. But Matt Patricia has already coached him, so he knows what he's getting into. You lost a couple pieces. You gained a couple pieces. You also got Danny Sheldon from the Pats. It's just not enough. They're going to be okay. I like some of your weapons. I like Marvin Jones. I like Kenny Galladay. I mean, Stafford, who knows? But overall, I'm really sorry, Detroit. I, I want to say that you're going to do better, but at the end of the day, it's a free agency fail. You just, it's hard to make up for losing Darius Slay. On to the Green Bay Packers. Those of you that know me know how I feel about the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I just don't. They're just the most overrated team. Um, anyway, the number one priority for the Green Bay Packers this offseason was to get Aaron Rodgers more receiving weapons because that's what it's all about. You got to get more weapons for Aaron Rodgers. So what did they do? They got Devin Funches and they lost Jimmy Graham. Personally, I'd call it a wash. I know a lot of people would go, oh, well, Devin Funches is okay. He's pretty good. Yeah, debatable. He's okay. I wouldn't say that he's great. I would say it's like if you got Randall Cobb, except I'd put Cobb a little bit above him. So they might go receiver in the draft. It's possible. Maybe they get a guy like um, LaVisca Chenault Jr. Maybe he would be available from Colorado. But even with a high-end rookie addition, the team is going to lack depth at the position no matter what. They lost Blake Martinez. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not looking good for them, man. They replace him with a guy that's not as good as him. Christian Kirksey. I, it just, I don't know. It's not an upgrade. They lost Brian Beluga, which hurts the offensive line. And there's just not a lot to like about this offseason if you're a Packers fan. And I know they won 13 games last year. But Vegas already came out with the over-unders, and they've got him at nine and a half. So they won 13 games last year. They got him at nine and a half. I see them at 10 wins as their ceiling. So me and Vegas are seeing eye to eye. And you know what that means. Free agency fail. Big time. But, hey, Packers fans don't feel too upset because... The Minnesota Vikings, oh my goodness, where to, <laughs> where to start with this? So you had to cut Xavier Rhodes because of his drop in play. What you didn't have to do was lose the top two corners on your roster. Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander, as I said earlier, are both now Cincinnati Bengals, leaving the cornerback position as, I don't even know, <laughs> non-existent. So instead of paying for a cornerback in free agency, which I would see is the second most valuable position on the field behind quarterback, the Vikings paid Michael Pierce. He's a, he's nose tackle. Minnesota also placed a franchise tag on Anthony Harris, who has been pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. Highest graded safety over the last two seasons from pro, pro football focus. 
They lost their best wide receiver in Stephon Diggs to Buffalo, and they better make use of those picks. Better make them count, because if you don't, I don't know where the Vikings are going to go from there. Probably shouldn't have paid Kirk Cousins 96 mil. Probably wasn't the move. Overall, without getting any more in-depth with this, it's pretty obvious what I got to do with that. It's another free agency fail. This division is not not going well, Um, which leads me to the Chicago Bears. And you know what? A lot of people have them as a big-time fail, but not me. So if you're a Bears fan, love big mouth, small words. I'm here for you, buddy. A Bengal and a bear can get along. (laughs) So here's what I'll say. So a lot of people didn't like what the Bears did in free agency, as I just said. But I'm picking up what you guys are putting down here. All right, Bears? I understand. Trubisky was holding this team back. Trubisky was holding the stellar defense back. Add big dick Nick Foles to the mix. That's right. He has proven in big games that he can do things, he can get it going, and if he's healthy, it's a massive upgrade at quarterback. It just is. So they signed Jimmy Graham, and yes, I know he's old, but he's still big, and he's still a good red zone threat for the team, and they need a red zone threat. They got Robert Quinn on defense, so him and Khalil Mack are going to make quarterbacks' lives hell in the backfield. The only thing I'm not in love with with what the Bears did, and the question mark that I have is, what the hell are you going to do at outside corner? Kind of the same as the Vikings. Not the same, because it's Wade, please. But they cut Prince of Mukamara, and not to mention, they lost Haha Clinton Dix. And as I said with the Cowboys, that's a huge, sneaky, good signing for them. It's really bad for the Bears to lose two guys like that on, on the outside. But I like re-signing Danny Trevathan at, at linebacker. I like what they did overall. And I think... I think that I can see them taking wide receiver Chase Claypool from Notre Dame with the 43rd pick. He's a guy that goes over the rim. He can jump. He can make catches. Like I said, they need that red zone threat. And, um, yeah, I think last year a big thing with them is they marched up and down the field, and once they got to the red zone, all they could do was knock on the door. Nobody answered. So, overall, a lot of people are going to think this is trash. I don't care. I like what I think. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to double down on what I'm saying right now. So you've got the Packers. You've got the Lions. You've got the Vikings. And you've got the Bears. I'm going to give the Bears a big fat this. Victory. And after I give them a victory, I'm going to blow y'all minds. Because if Nick Foles stays healthy, the Chicago Bears win this Division. Hot take city, baby. I'm telling you right now, the Bears win this division if Nick Foles stays healthy. You literally, you must have heard it here first because Bears fans ain't even saying that. Number two in the division, it's going to be the Packers. It's going to be the Packers. They're still good. They're not great. Third, I'm going to say the Vikings reluctantly because I think... Them and the Lions are going to be close next year. But I got the Vikings at three, and then I've got the Lions at four. Going into the other division, uh, I'll tell you right now, I see the Ravens easily as the number one. There's no question in my mind. 
My only thing with the Bengals is, can Joe Burrow do it? I don't know how long they're going to have as an offseason to get better together. So reluctantly, I'm going to put the Browns in second. I don't want to. But I'm going to put them there because they don't have as much work to do as far as getting any chemistry. All they're doing is adding some pieces, plugging them in. So that's going to be pretty easy for them. If Joe Burrow is anything, though, we're taking that second spot. But for now, to play it safe, I'm going to give the Browns the nod. I'm going to give the Bengals third, and I'm going to... That's right, Steelers. You're in the cellar. You don't believe it now. You don't think it now. But trust me, your nightmare is going to become a reality. And you heard it here first. You definitely heard it here first. Picking the Bears for the NFC North and then picking the Steelers in last in the AFC North. Pretty baller stuff. Good for me. I did it. That's really good. If you haven't already, I really appreciate everybody. You guys have done a great job. Uh, commented on everything I've done in the Instagram. If you haven't already, follow at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast on Instagram. I'm getting it going. And I really appreciate all the support. We're going to end it there. We're going to be doing a draft preview, me and Colin, and it's going to blow your effing minds. So follow the Instagram, keep listening, and stay safe. Love y'all.